Hello and welcome to the WADFAM Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we are here to talk about the final episode of the Pastor George Barkley arc uh, called It's a Pokenberry Christmas, Part 2. Excellent delivery on that. There's a lot of a lot of consonants in that name. Yeah. It's, it's the uh, 386th episode of Adventures in Odyssey. It's a Pokenberry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I never oh, quite oh. know how hard to hit it. <laughs> you gotta hit it twice. Um... I would like to say, for the good of the order, I watched It's a Wonderful Life, and I get it now. (laughs) It makes me like the episode way more. (laughs) Already a great episode. Yeah. But now. No, I mean... See, this episode made me like It's a Wonderful Life way more. I had the reverse uh, experiences I did. Yeah, Yeah, no. I, I mean, I watched the movie and absolutely loved it highly recommend joining dylan in that take big uh, fan yeah i mean so hot it's a wonderful life is right a classic yeah, yeah. film <laughs> yeah i don't know if you've ever heard of this little indie picture before it's yeah. called it's a wonderful life did christopher yeah. nolan make that <laughs> no you can actually hear what they're saying <laughs> yep i mean that's true there's a lot of dramatic makeup it i haven't watched a film that old in a long time so that was it's, really it's fun. a good in yeah 1946 immediately post-war we just go boom american classic i mean they knocked it out of the park i also i did not well because of only like having it in the context of this episode did not expect it to be like an epic like the fact that it not okay it's not an epic in, like it doesn't go like multiple generations or whatever but the fact that it is it starts when he's like in college and then lasts like it goes through the Great Depression. Like it's like almost like 30 years of movie. No, yeah. it Until it, is, it gets it's, to modern day, like post-war 1946 is where we land. It's to end it. astonishing how uh, like, yeah, how much development that they show from like uh, George's life. Like, yeah. <sighs> It's so well done. Right. And I'm just watching the movie now. And, like, I'm sure if you are someone watching when it came out and you know that he, like, runs a lone place, you're immediately going, oh, man, Great Depression. Like, this is just setting him up for failure. And I'm there going, like, two seconds before it happens. Wait, is this going to be a Great Depression thing? Boom. (laughs) Oh, no. They brought in real world events. (laughs) Oh, it makes it even scarier. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. No, but, yeah, but it really is a wonderful life. You know, bringing some positivity to this episode yeah, of the podcast. I, I do, I do, I do love life. Um. So, uh, beyond that, we uh, we have it is written and directed by Paul McCusker. Mm. Aired December twentieth of nineteen ninety seven, a week after the last one, as two partners are wont to do. Um. We also uh. Oh, we've got some cast stuff. Uh, Steve Bridges we is uh, gets three roles in this. He is the police officer. He's the guy from the bank. And he's one of the guests at the party. Um, and we've talked about Steve Bridges previously um, being Stephen Dwight. Okay. Um, when we covered that. Also, uh, Kyle Chambers, Pete Johnson. I feel like he's come up a bunch. Yeah. Um, and his, like, outside of Odyssey claim to fame was that he was a go-to George Bush impersonator. So <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. I mean, they do. 
And then rounding out the cast, very exciting, in her first Odyssey appearance, and our first appearance on this show, we have Kimmy Robertson. Oh, okay. Kimmy Robertson uh, will very uh, prominently go on to be Penny. Oh! Uh-huh. Wait, who does she voice in? She voices the uh, secretary or the the uh, concierge at the oh, motel. Yes, that he yells at because yep. it doesn't exist. Heidi Horowitz. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she will go on to not for another like this is her only role prior to Green Ring, which is like fifteen years after this. Yeah, uh, almost three hundred episodes later. Right. So she will come back in and become an Odyssey regular. Also, I've been waiting for an excuse to talk about her forever because she's got some exciting IMDb credits. And now we finally get to dig into that. Um, She was the feather duster in Beauty and the Beast. Really? Yes, sir. Wow, I definitely had a crush on that feather duster (laughs) as a child. I mean, they really sexualized her, so I don't know. She also uh, was um, Dot, who is Arthur's sister, in the uh, Tick TV show, in the animated one. Okay. Um, Notably playing uh, Tick in that show was Townsend Coleman. Really? um, With Jess Harnell also being in the show. So, as Sewer Urchin. So it was like, it's a, it's a bunch of... uh, The Tick reunion on Adventures in Odyssey. A bunch of people who would later be in, in Adventures in Odyssey. Um, she is, uh, Franny in an episode of Psych, um, called Seize the Day. So just more, more, more Psych here, um, Mm -hmm. because we are totally into that. And the big one, um, that I have to hit because, you know, she plays Lucy in Twin Peaks. Really? You're you're not going to say Mrs. Galloway and Drake and Josh? Because she has a bunch of episodes as Mrs. Galloway. Oh, yeah, she's Drake's teacher that he messes with all the time. Ah, see, I have I have uh, next to no Drake and Josh uh, connection. Yeah, but you love iCarly. Where's the lore, man? I, it's just a it's just a pure timing thing. I know, but uh, but, but you're older than me, and Drake and Josh is older than iCarly. Yeah, but you have older siblings. I'm the oldest. That is fair. But yeah. Being Lucy in Twin Peaks is huge. And also, like, once I found that out, anytime I hear Penny, I'm just like, oh, yes, clearly. <laughs> oh, please, wonderful. Man. She's on The Simpsons? Yep. Dang. Yeah. And she's she's had a good career and is uh, finishing it out playing um, Penny. Penny. Which is great and awesome. Yeah. And Penny's a really good character that they've given a lot of development yeah. over uh, New Odyssey. Like, yeah. one of the things about odyssey that I actually still enjoy <laughs> there you go and her first appearance on odyssey happened in pokenberry christmas part two and she was just a concierge like she had already been in twin peaks at this point yeah how did she huh i mean <laughs> I, I i don't know i have no idea how the casting works it's not like she was like a huge role in that show but like she is yeah Def- she was on like, national television. Right. And would continue to and, be on national television afterwards. Right. Yeah. And she's in basically every episode of the show. So that's, yeah. And she plays the secretary at the police department. And here she's playing a concierge. So mm-hmm. at a motel. And they 
there, there was a Twin Peaks reference in a previous Pokenberry episode that we talked That's about. That's right. No, the motel is Twin Peaks Motel. That's what the previous reference was. Holy crap. That's amazing. <laughs> Whoever snuck that in. You've um, done wonderful work here. Wow. I've never seen Twin Peaks, but the commitment to wow. that bit is really, they didn't, really amazing. They didn't say it. It was on the last episode. That they said the name of the, the motel. motel. Yeah. And then this episode, they have a actress from Twin Peaks at the mo- That is... Mwah! <laughs> the Mona Lisa of Odyssey episodes. Paul McCusker or whoever else is uh, responsible for that, you have... You have so much respect a for A round me. of applause. <laughs> wow. That kind of wraps up what I've got to say off the top. And weirdly, for a two-parter, we do have a promo this week. That's exciting, and I'm not surprised because they put so much effort into this episode. They really did. Ever wish the worst and get your wish? Next time on Adventures in Odyssey, no one is as discouraged as Pastor George Barclay. Conflicts in his church make him wish he'd never been pastor there. Hear the incredible conclusion of this Pokenberry Christmas about wishes you hope never come true on the next Adventures in Odyssey. What is circus music? Did you have the clown from Burger World write yes. your theme song? What in the world? There's no. This is the. This is one of just like. The, you ever the, pretend you don't exist and balance plates on a stick? It's not. It's not Christmassy. No. It's not nearly as like tragic as this episode is. Yeah. Or have any of, like, the grandiose, that an epic finale, like, what? <laughs> what is this promo? Oh. oh, this makes me glad that we talk about the promos every week. Yeah, no, this is clearly the era we need to be focusing on more. <laughs> Focus on this era. <laughs> Not the family. Nope, <laughs> screw the family, this era. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Alright, so the episode itself begins uh, on the radio with a recap on mm-hmm. the AIO Club with just some slightly Christmassy music, and then we're off to the races. Yeah, with George getting Eugene out of the river, because last episode obviously ended with Eugene falling into the river. Right. <laughs> which And George jumping in after him. I gave him a lot of hard time for that. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of a hard time for falling into the river but i slipped and fell on my butt like eight times the last snowstorm we had so yeah i would definitely fall off the bridge right 100 percent. and it's better than clarence who in the movie just jumps in yeah well they have the explanation that he is a deity so that's helpful <laughs> or maybe are angels deities no, no i don't no, think so i don't think they're so. celestial they are celestial a celestial being there not prone go. to hypothermia, right. which apparently George isn't either. Well, he is. Yeah, no, I guess not really. We'll anyway, so so yeah, so they go back to the Twin Peaks Motel mm-hmm. um, to to get cleaned up. Yeah, and get because it's off. closer than George's house. Yes, and Eugene pulls out a book that has been soaked mm-hmm. and is called. 
uh, The Success of Failure, and it's written by Wit. Which is a direct take from um, It's Wonderful Life. Uh, what is it? The Adventures of Tom Sawyer? Yes. Okay. That's the book that he gives to him, which yep. is an oddly racist book to give to somebody and be like, here, find your hope in friends. <laughs> uh but it is uh yeah it it is a direct nod there but it's also a fun thing of like oh i guess wit wrote a book yeah yeah and eugene's like oh you should see the one he's writing now and i'm like interesting well he writes the encyclopedias he is the encyclopedia (laughs) there is no research there is no citation he's not not the board of directors he's just the encyclopedia doesn't he writes a short story about odyssey at one point that gets turned into a movie yeah wait what i didn't know the movie part but i know that he writes short stories because he talks to connie about writing short stories yeah but there's it's the it's the i think it's a day in a light in the life is the album now i'm looking this up it is so a day in the life is the is an episode maybe that's it okay oh it's another fine day is the album it's a, a day in the life is the episode. So, wow, I pulled that out of nowhere. But Great yeah, um, a story that Wit wrote called A Day in the Life gets adapted into a TV show or into a movie. Um, and it, the whole episode is about how Hollywood doesn't actually care about the facts and is just trying to tell a story. And that's not what you're doing as well. <laughs> Right. Yeah, no. Also, the uh, director is Marty Scoresberg. I look like if Steven Spielberg hadn't made any money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, there's that. Maybe someday we'll talk about that. I'm... With the pace that we're going at, I, I keep getting hit upside the head with just the sheer absurd <laughs> number of Odyssey we've covered. We'll but also the absurd number that still exists. Yes, yes, exactly. Like I keep scrolling through to find episodes. I'm like, gosh, there's so many albums. Yeah, yeah there's like infinite Odyssey. Essentially. There's certainly not enough podcast in me as there is Odyssey yeah. in the world. <laughs> Fair enough. We just will get all the way and not cover the mortal coil. (laughs) We'll cover all but those two. (laughs) I feel like those are not the ones we need to avoid, like the plague. No, no, actually. I mean, well, the Chalk Squad knows how I feel. (laughs) Yes. I I am way more opening to covering those than the ties that bind. Yeah, no. mm -mm. Then more Rydell that we will definitely (laughs) be covering. Um, (laughs) We're stuck. I feel like, like I've fallen into a trap. We're gonna keep covering Rydell stuff, and you know what? I'd probably rather talk about the Mortal Coil, but this is where we're at, folks. We just have to juxtapose it against older Odyssey so we could justify the Odyssey itself is good, but the new stuff is bad. <laughs> and not even all the new stuff. No, no, because we've found new stuff that we enjoy. Or yeah. at least I have. Yeah, Andrew has. I I don't listen to Odyssey. No. no. For fun. And Just so- for work. <laughs> because we make so much money from this. <laughs> uh, buy our merch on TeePublic. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the book, The Success of Failure, is dedicated to George. Um, and he's like, ah, which am I, the success or the failure? <laughs> and then Eugene's like, huh, this is weird. We checked into this hotel room today, but there's no sign of wit. 
and then dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah and then george is like well why were you guys even here like what's mm-hmm. going on and and eugene explains like oh mary called us said you were discouraged we went around to look for you i saw you on the bridge jumped to some conclusions jumped some bridges (laughs) and uh yeah george is like yeah i was not going to jump i was just thinking about some stuff standing on the edge of a bridge which i find it hard to believe george show your humanity you thought about jumping we all have it's the call of the void exactly like you you, you get the thought, and you're like, nah. Not, no, absolutely nah. not. No, this absolutely makes no not. sense, but, but it's but, still there. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I wonder what falling really far would feel like. <laughs> Only one way to find out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to take this moment as a firm stance against suicide. <laughs> suicide is bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I can't argue with that, folks. <laughs> the views of Andrew Sabo do, in fact, reflect the views of the Wadfam Jackpot. But if you're struggling, please, please talk to somebody. Yeah, we'll we'll put we'll put links in the in the doobly doo. <laughs> for all that John Green, Hank Green crossover with our podcasts <laughs> that I have to assume exists. Um, yeah, well, but. Yeah, in all seriousness, we will we will put links for suicide prevention in the show notes because it's real. Season- yeah, not not a joke, not and a it's joke. still winter ish when this comes out. So. Yeah, seasonal depression striking mighty hard right now. Oh boy, so. it's even better when you can't go outside, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, my mental health is so great. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Odyssey. <laughs> Yeah. Not a cry for help or anything. Uh, so so George then uh, does goes on this whole, like, you know what? Things would be so much better if I never come to Pokenberry Falls and never become a pastor. Everyone would just be better off. And uh, Eugene then, shuts him down pretty quickly. He's like, you can't wish that. Like, right. But, you... but he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he we get a end. little musical cue mm-hmm. to indicate that the wish has been granted. Because that's what happens in the movie, because he's a celestial being. But in this episode... Right. It's, it's a dream. Oh, that's right. Yes. Right. He gets bonked on the head. But there is some, like, really fun stuff that comes from them rescript. So, like, in the movie, Clarence Oddbody is an angel trying to get his wings. And they script all of his... I didn't know like, his last name was Oddbody. That's yes. so unfortunate. I know. They, they script all of his actions onto eugene in this episode which is just comedy gold yeah like having like hard science eugene Mm -hmm. having to play the role of an angel is so funny well it's so great and like it totally works because it functions in the same like i actually know what's going on thing that clarence has in the movie right clarence actually knows what's going on eugene's just making like scientific guesses about you know and that is right time warps (laughs) yeah i i love it um and so yeah so then then we get the we get the little music cue and george loses hearing in Mm -hmm. one ear the reverse of the movie in which he regains his hearing yeah. Um Which, and then the clothes are dry. <laughs> mhm. And they're like it's like they've never been wet and yes. uh they're like oh, this isn't this isn't right. Um yep. well, let's just go George is like let's just go to my house. We'll mm-hmm. figure out there. Yeah, we'll get some dinner and we'll we'll figure out what's actually going on. 
And on the way back, they uh, they stop by the bicycle shop to well, apologize. Well, I mean, to- so even before that, they, they walk out to the concierge. Oh, that's right. We the, can't forget we the concierge. We cannot con- ca- forget the concierge because of that amazing Twin Peaks connection. Yes. Um, and she is, yeah, so the, George recognizes her um, as Heidi Horowitz, who went to school with Jimmy, did this project where they went out and collected butterflies, and she mm-hmm. has no recollection of any of this, and is just like, uh, who are you? I don't know who Jimmy is. Um, get out of here, please. Um, no, she's, yeah. she's not, she's not the rude one, but. No, you know, I mean, he's, he is astonished because this person doesn't actually exist. Right. And he's like talking to him like he knows him. Right. Um, and yeah. like he understands this mysterious situation that hasn't actually happened. Right. And, and Eugene's like, well, did, can you like, did, did Wit check in? And she's, or did Wit check, check out? And she's like, no, he never even checked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can't, yeah, he can't check out if he never checked in. And, uh, and George is like kind of beginning to lose it here like he really loses his yeah. temper with the receptionist yeah it's not although he does most of his ranting like after they've left her yeah yeah like he more or less loses it on eugene where he's like i can well and then eugene's like i can chalk that up to faulty memory but the fact that she doesn't have record of wit checking in when i stood next to him and checked him in that's yeah. that's weird that is fishy scientific mind go boing and, and yeah, got a hypothesis here. Yeah. And so they start walking towards town and George is like, oh, well, let me go apologize to Mr. Welsh. Mm-hmm. So he goes there to just say, say he's sorry about that. And Welsh just, is just like, you talk to my wife. My <laughs> wife left me three years ago and took my son with me. I've been living in Lionel's field ever since. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense within the context of a movie because there's so much uh like real estate talk and like where people are living and their houses and stuff which yeah. i suppose there's it's, some in part 1 right but it is it's potter's field yeah um is like the slums that the rich man owns in yeah. in the movie mm-hmm. and they're doing that here um with with Lionel with field. Lionel's field because of course <laughs> and this is in the movie like the bar scene um, yes but here bike shop <laughs> bike shop because we can't have him drinking but yeah but it's also this moment that that he reaches into his pocket and realizes the, the bike p- pedal's oh. not there neither is the wallet or like any forms of id mm-hmm. and he's really starting to like have a freak yep. out he, he he's starting to have a freak out when up walks ellis birch yes homeless ellis birch sounding I don't know, even shorter than I imagined him. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, that that checks out. And uh, he's asking for a bike box to live in, Mm -hmm. which is so sad. Yeah. He sounds like this tiny thing. And and obviously, you know, this is this alternate reality in which uh, George gets his wish and he never came to Pokenberry Falls. Um, Is it ever really explained as to what happened to make him homeless in the same way that the bike owner? Oh, no. So, like, my, my assumption with, like, it, well, they, they do, he does make the thing of, like, he does say, like, oh, remember when he stole all that money from the oh, church? Oh, yes, that's right. Whatever. He went to jail. So that's, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, I'm and pretty sure they explained it out afterwards. Of jail, yeah. Homeless, mm-hmm. which is unfortunately common. Yes. Um, <laughs> Love and, our criminal justice system. Yeah. And then hey. he's he's going to he's going from there to find a uh, uh, 
refrigerator box to live in. He, he wants yeah, to go. He yeah, yeah. He gets turned away, it. and so he has to go find a. It goes to the appliance store to get a refrigerator box. Yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, and he, but he does say Merry Christmas to George. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, whoever you are. <laughs> yeah. Again, that doesn't even really sound like Ellis. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fun it's though. Tough. Um, and then this is where Eugene's like. What if you got your wish, George? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think maybe when we fell through that thing, we went some through some sort of a time warp. Or to put it in more colloquial terms, you got your, your wish. wish. Which is so fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, I'll talk about the Eugene thing until I'm blue in the face. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. They're also just... John Campbell's score in this episode is so good. It's incredible. They killed it. It is super. I mean, it's it's super Christmassy. It's also super classic. Yeah, and it just it hits hard and well. And so that's playing as they as they walk to the house and they arrive at the house, but it doesn't look like anybody has lived there in years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Officer Bond shows up whose first name is Ward, which is also a last name. Um, like, <laughs> we only have two first names or two last names. Yeah. Well, and so I I think I think the joke here, I don't know what the Bond thing is, mm-hmm. but the officer in the movie is Bert. Yes. And Bert Ward is the actor who played Robin in the 60s Batman. Okay. So maybe it's just, like, bad word association, the game. I'm not entirely sure what they were, what what the link is there. And maybe I'm reading too much into it. But Ward Bond is too weird a name. To, to not have any sort of uh, right. joke behind it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. And also, the weird thing of, in It's a Wonderful Life, the cab driver is named Ernie and the police officer is named Bert. And they're friends. And I can't get over that. Wait, in yeah, in the movie. Yes, in the movie. Like, their first interaction is them being yes, Bert yeah. and Ernie. Like, that's how we're introduced to them. Is and that, like, that must be like, where Bert and Ernie Right, is Sesame a, a, a reference to that? Or is it weird coincidence? It feels like it can't be weird coincidence. It is too big a movie. Yeah, it was so important for so long, and probably for Jim Henson. And Yeah, okay. All right, and Frank Oz. I'm this. Yeah, yeah this this just... head cannon is. Uh, I'm 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 joining you. Yeah, in the same way that uh, Robin is the joke. <laughs> yes, I, I don't. I don't know. That, well, that that really feels like a stretch. But also, uh, it was the first thing that came to my yeah, mind. Bond Ward is. Still... I don't know what the Bond thing is. <laughs> it's all it's all bizarre. Ward Bond is just like. Neither those are both barely last names. Neither is definitely a first name. They're more sound. It was a than weird anything. thing where I was like, "Are there two officers?" Because he calls him Officer Bond, and then he says Ward, and mm. I'm like, "Oh, did two police officers show <laughs> up?" But no, his name is Ward Bond. Maybe, yeah, yeah. No, I be better. Label your officers better. <laughs> Yeah. Don't let your homeless people go to vice versa. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we were talking about Eugene kind of connecting all the dots. Then they show up at the Barkley house. And, um, yes, you said the police officer shows up. And they have this kind of conflict where the officer is like, all right, well, yeah, what are you guys doing here? This house is clearly abandoned. 
and uh, George is still in denial and is like, clearly this is not, you know, you're, you're wrong. Like, I used to live here. Well, and we get the we get the him walking around yelling yeah. at people in the house while Eugene and the officer are standing out on the porch, which is a great mirroring of the movie, but done entirely in audio, which, which is, is so great. Yeah, just like the yeah the, the foley work they must have had to do for yeah. this is just Mark Rory, John Campbell. Just all of the people involved in this episode are just killing it. Yeah, boy, when like, they um. They yeah. buckle down. Can they make some really, really good audio content? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so it's then, it's then the uh, uh, ward bond is like, hey, get out of here. Mm-hmm. And then, and is it a war bonds joke? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it doesn't get any better the more we say it. That's for sure. Every time. Every time I say it, I'm just like, what is this? This this can't be right. <laughs> this can't be a, a name. Um, There's got to be a joke here. I'm missing. Uh, so so then, uh, yeah, they, they, they Eugene tries to explain the whole thing. And he's just like, do you believe in like, do you know anything about Einstein's, you know, theory of time travel? What? Yeah. How about like uh, wishes that come true? What? <laughs> all right, we're just getting out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "All right, if we see you bums around, you know, we'll we'll, we'll have you arrested." Um, yeah, yeah. Well, what if we go along peacefully and promise not to cause any more trouble? Right. He's like, "All right, get out of here." Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I like that exchange. It's a good. It's a good performance from Steve Bridges. Um, and yeah, Will Ryan. Yeah, killing it. Yep. Always. Uh, so and so good. then they uh, then they go to call Wit um, because they're like, well, you know, we have to call him, but we don't know how to get a hold of him. We don't know where he is. And so this is when they go to the library, right? Uh, well, so first it's no. So first they do. They, oh, they, they do call, call Wit. Yes, it's, yes, yes. They go to the library later, but that's that's basically just for a joke. Um, so this is they first call his house. Yes. The number is disconnected. Like yeah. So Eugene is kind of like. So if you never moved to Pokemon, you'd still live in Odyssey. So call your number from when you lived in Odyssey, and mm-hmm. we'll just have you talk to yourself. Um, <laughs> Clearly, right. That that that's always the solution in time travel. And so I don't have ever done it. <laughs> and so they, they, yeah, they, they fail to do that because um, the number's disconnected. But then he's like, all right, I'm going to call Wit. And George is like, well, you don't have, like, you don't know how to get a hold of Wit. And he's like, well, he should be at his house if, you know, my theory's correct. Yeah. And so they call him once again. Sound design here. Amazing. Super well done. Is it a payphone that they're at, presumably? I assume. Yeah. And so it's Wit picks up and is like, oh, hi, Eugene. Like, why weren't you in at work today? He's like, I'll explain that later. I got waylaid. And I was like, in a windy, windy city. city. <laughs> um, and, then, and then George, and then he's like, I've got someone here who wants to talk to you. And he hands the phone. And he's like, and George is like, hey, Wit, it's George. And Wit, Paul Hurlinger, killing it. Yeah. He just like gulps without actually gulping. Right. He, he uh is his so eyes go wide. He's just he's trying to he's like who who like George Barkley? Like you like, disappeared. Right. And and George is like, ah oh, look, I'm in a bad way. I, I I can't really remember. Can you fill it in? And it's like, man, like it's really awkward, but like alright. Okay. Like, oh, this is terribly awkward. I'm so yeah. sorry. And he basically says that uh, he lost faith in God. And after, after, so after he lost his job. Yeah. 
um, lost faith faith in God, kind of withdrew, mm-hmm. was really like reclusive, not a like nice person to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely some larger implications there. Oh, uh-huh. um, and then, uh, and yeah. then Mary left yeah. with Donna and Jimmy. Yeah, and um, Stuart. Uh, oh, and yeah. he asked and about he's Stuart. He's like, and Stuart. Who, who's Stuart? Ah, never mind. Like, yeah, Stuart yeah. never existed, which is very crazy now that I'm thinking about it in context of the entire arc. That goes back to the very first episode, the one yeah. that we didn't cover. Right, where they where he loses his job. Yes. And this is this is starting from that point wow. a different path. So had they I they may- must have really planned this out. Did they? <sighs> it just worked out perfectly. I think so. Wow. Okay, great job. Like I, I think I think it was just a natural like oh we have to look at look back on his life find like a point that could be a turning point yeah this was his turning point in a new direction mm-hmm. what if it was in a bad direction mm-hmm. it just works out perfectly with the saga that we're covering yeah or arc yeah that we are nearly done with give it another thirty minutes <laughs> um and so yeah then uh. They, so yeah, they they he gets off the phone and is just kind of like losing his mind, um, mm-hmm. and then there's a the the clock goes off and Eugene, Eugene says every time a clock sounds, some pastor comes around, which is every time a bell rings, rings. an angel gets his wings. But for this, it's it's such a stretch. It's so cheesy, and I kind of love it. Oh yeah, no, I. It, it's a, even adorable when Stuart says it at the end. Oh my word, Stuart's adorable. That's fair. I mean, uh, mad mad props to to Craig Miller, <laughs> an actual three year old. Still a three year old, actually. He got <laughs> stuck. <laughs> he actually Benjamin buttoned. He aged up and then backed down. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> now there's a concept. <laughs> so the uh, yeah. Uh, and George is like, okay, he's starting to get frantic at this point. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, so the celebration would maybe they moved it from the house back to the church. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the only thing that makes sense. And so, like, rushes over to the church, and that's been replaced by a golf course mm-hmm. in the most chilling, nightmarish Twilight Zone scene. Yeah, of just like you feel you. With the audio, feel the picture getting wavy and going mm-hmm. back and forth. It's amazing. And so it's just this building of this music and this wind. Mm-hmm. And it's so good, so, like, horrific. I love it. And it's the the church has been replaced by a golf course. Yeah. Because, and you, as Eugene explains, you weren't around to save the church. Mm-hmm. Which parallels to the movie where uh, George wasn't around to save his brother that later went on to go to the military and everything. Yep. Um, it's it's yeah. really... it's The thing about this episode that stuck out to me the most was how, how well they did the adaptation with being true to the characters that they've already established. Right. And uh, this being... This being the, you know, the climactic moment in the movie uh, that kind of breaks George... In this episode, they do such right. a good job. Right, right, because that. he's he's going to the celebration to mm-hmm. see, you know, his brother coming home from the war. Yeah. And his brother never even made it to the war. I mean, he, he died as, as a child. Because his brother wasn't there to save him when he fell into the water. Yeah. 
continuity. It's such a good right. movie. Well, and like, and like, I think so. It's so it's an interesting take that that this show does that we can get into here. Is that in the movie he was never born? Like there mm-hmm. was no George Barkley or mm-hmm. George Bailey. Mm-hmm. In this, they take a much more a less mystical approach to it mm-hmm. and just go like you didn't move to po-. like the big thing is he's not wishing he wasn't born he's mm-hmm. wishing he never goes to pokenberry mm-hmm. so they just have him like his life spiral out of control and him be removed from all these people's lives mm-hmm. through a different means and it just it works really well yeah well and it plays perfectly into the whole like god brought them there for a reason yeah. and all of that good stuff and then uh and then George is like, he's got to find, you know, Mary and the kids. Mm-hmm. And Eugene's like, oh, well, you should go to the library. Yeah. Which in the movie is because she works at the library. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the, uh, <laughs> in this, it's just like Eugene then like, like there's just like a beat. And then Eugene's like, that's where like the national directory <laughs> of phones is. Yeah. <laughs> it's so expositional it's so dialogue. Yeah. But it's right. It, but it's, it's jokey. And, yes. Which is the interesting thing that, is different about Odyssey compared to the movie because the movie doesn't really interject that much humor into the really serious parts. Sure. The, the, this is doing it because it's like, it's reveling in the homage to the whole thing. Like if you're listening to this as a kid and he says like the library, that's where the directories are. You're just kind of like, Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're listening to it as someone who has watched the movie, you're like, the library? Wait, why would Eugene know the library is where Mary is? And then it's like, no, that's just where the director yeah. is. It's, yeah. It's so he's got to fall. His, he's got to fall. He's got to go to the library and call his family. Uh, so we and get George bursting into the library and assumedly frantically tearing through phone books. Yep. So and, much so that he gets the police called on right. him. So first the librarian... Played by Carol Bilger, who plays Mary, oh. shows up. So Mary is at the library, just not the Mary we were expecting. And she's like frantically like talking to um talking to Ward Bond and is like <laughs> is like, you he's this this madman is in here, he's tearing through the phone books, yeah. and you just hear George like frantically <laughs> throwing through. This is also like Chuck Bolte having so much fun playing like madcap. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Stewart. Like it's great. Well, oh my gosh, it's it's really it's really good, and it's really well done. Like audio wise, like you can hear the paper tearing and all of it. It's yeah, it's I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Bond shows up to arrest him, and George just cries out to God for things mm-hmm. to go back to the way they were. I'll be a pastor, you know. Like I'll do whatever you want for me, Lord. Just like let me have my family back. Yeah, yeah, uh, which, you know, obviously happens in the movie as well. Does he run back to the bridge in this, uh, in the Odyssey adaptation? No, no, it, it jumps back to the bridge. But it so what, it what it does is it xylophone, like we get, we get like a little xylophone transition yeah. and then it's him coming out of the water because okay. he didn't like, he was, he just bumped his head. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. no... There's no element where he's got to go like back to where he started, but they do take him back to where they started because right he because his it was head. yeah, and so so yeah. there you go. Powerful yeah. moment, really good, uh, great great adaptation, great in the context of the show. Just loving this so much. Yeah, it, it's so. I mean, they 
the craziness of the last scene really builds to this like kind of emotional pinnacle where he's breaking down and he is so just desperate to mm-hmm. get back um yeah and that just kind of zeal for it just existing in general um transitions yeah. really well into the finale of this episode which yeah. is him waking up yeah so he right he comes out of the of the river and they're like oh you bumped your head when you jumped in Mm -hmm. and he can hear out of his left ear wits there and is like you know yelling at him Mm -hmm. Stuart's pedal is back in his pocket like he's he's back yeah and george freaks out (laughs) yep and he just like takes off just running which is what happens in the movie yep. it's in the middle of a snowstorm presumably right. yep and um, he's just yelling merry christmas at everyone yeah and the thing i would say like my maybe slight criticism is that we don't have like george goes from immediately from denial that like the world has changed around him mm-hmm to like a brief moment of crying out and then like utter amazement that it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And I could have used a couple beats more of him coming to terms with the fact that like he had lost everything. Yeah. Because it does feel a little bit like, wait, Rushed. you never <laughs> believed you lost it. So why are you so excited to have it back? Yeah. Because he was so insistent upon, like, oh, I must be able to, like, put this stuff back together mm-hmm. when he was in the alternate reality. And then, like, he got, he didn't ever have a moment of just, like, oh, no, like, I genuinely have lost it. Mm-hmm. In the same way that I feel like the movie manages to pull off. Yeah, I, I'm just presuming it's for time. And yeah, everything. it is. It is just like it's a pacing thing, but yeah. it is just a funny thing of like we get. And it also we get lends all the drama to the, the conclusion. It also lends to the comedy of it for us because we know George so intimately at this point, mm-hmm. both from doing this arc, but also just if you grew up with Odyssey, like they're the family mm-hmm. that you're to focus on. <laughs> and so. And so you, you like, it's fun for George to not know what's going on. And then it's fun for him to be excited when things are back to normal. So that's the part that you want to hit really hard. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is just, like, it doesn't quite resonate as perfectly, like, emotionally as, as, as the, the movie. movie does. And I'm, like totally okay with that yeah yeah but well, if we gotta he's... like not just praise this thing that's that's my no i that's my i criticism. wholeheartedly agree um that and the uh, every time the clock sounds a pastor comes right. around <laughs> can't let that one go so yeah so he's running through town yelling merry christmas merry christmas you know bike shop yeah. Merry christmas you know old, old movie theater yes. or whatever yep and tackle shop <laughs> right and runs out in front of barry lionel's car who then ro- rolls his windows down mm-hmm. and, you know... Yells Merry Christmas right. at him. Well, yeah, and y- y- right. So George yells Merry Christmas, and and as he's running away, you know, Barry yells, And a Happy New Year to you in Rupert. Rupert. Yeah. And Rupert. <laughs> Rupert. You gotta get really gravelly there. Great. Um, then we get to the house, and it's Travis Git from the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and George is like, "Oh, you're here to foreclose the church and the house, isn't it wonderful?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mary, they're here to foreclose. <laughs> and once again, as as with 
uh, Ward Bond. They're <laughs> both played by Steve Bridges. Travis Gitt has to be a joke. Because I don't know why you would first name, last name someone rather than just saying, like, hi, I'm from the bank. Like, yeah, why yeah. do you first name, last name him if it's not a reference to something? Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it's referencing. So, if you know... Let us know. If you can solve either of those mysteries for me, cool. Um, we like the trivia. Yeah. So, so right. So, he's, he's, he's in the house, and then this is where the family comes yes, out. Yeah, it's not Mary out. yet, but it's... Donna and Jimmy and then mm-hmm. Stuart, and he's so excited to see them. And they're, and, like, freaking out. They're like, Dad, what's wrong with you? Right. He's like, you know, I oh, it's so good to see you. I could eat you up. And then Donna's Stuart like, comes down. And he's like, Stuart, my little ginger snap. And yeah. Donna goes, I think Dad's hungry. Like, yeah. it's just, oh, it's so funny. I, it's really funny. And they, they keep, like, Donna and Jimmy keep cracking jokes. Uh-huh. The, Their uh, banter's great. The, uh... Stu- Stewart's like, yeah, it says like his ankle's good, not a smidge is swelling. Mm-hmm. And and Donna's like, uh, Jimmy's like, a smidge? And Donna's like, Old Testament, think like Cupid. Yeah, yeah that, that joke really got me. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, it's and like then, a pinch. Right. <laughs> uh, and then. Um, okay, so. This oh, is this is when, when Mary comes in. Yeah, this is when Mary comes in, and she's super excited. I would like to take a moment, just on mic, to notice that in the movie, there is an awful lot of face pressing in this scene, <laughs> in which he runs up, uh, what's his, What's the actor that plays George in the Jimmy movie? Stewart. Jimmy Stewart, okay. Stuart runs Reed. Up, Stuart Jimmy Reed. Barclay. Yeah, it's, this is murder for my ADHD. <laughs> just swapping names around, and they're yep. all in reference to each other. Yeah. Um, Lionel Barrymore. Yeah. Pottermore? What? <laughs> the Harry Potter thing? <laughs> All right. Carry um, on. Oh, no. He's fr- face pressing. Oh, yeah. He, fres- he presses his face onto everybody at any given opportunity when he's happy. He just grabs them by the ears and just mm, <laughs> presses his face up. And uh, the, the the kissing, not very soft. Just, just kind of like aggressive lip pressing against right. against surface we're, we're, we're still coming out of the silent film era you really gotta like overperform yeah. everything yeah no the makeup we've got is stage bad. actors we've got silent film now it's time for like voice but we still we still don't quite know how sound works and that we're like we can be a little bit subtle yeah but you know um, it's jimmy stewart it's his thing oh my gosh well it's it's really great and it conveys so much emotion mm-hmm. like i mean yeah. it is a very raw moment in the uh in the movie yeah i just it's... wanted to bring it up because the idea of george barkley doing that <laughs> is a little bit disturbing it's it's funny and then mary comes in is super excited she's like hi george it's so good to see you she runs into the into the dining room goes table 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 finds one pulls the tablecloth out from under it with all the stuff on it and just lets it crash on the ground and it sounds great and i love the idea of mark drury doing that yeah the sound effect (laughs) you just set up all of our fine china so i can just yank it off yep and uh it's for the show and then and then ellis bursts in with a herd of people and is Mm -hmm. just like mary did it mary did it george Mm -hmm. once again it's a wonderful life that's what we're doing here um 
and explains that, you know, Mary told everyone in town that George was in trouble. She just kept saying, you know, that George is in trouble and people just kept chipping in and yeah. bringing money. And now Pastor everyone's... George is in trouble. Uh, sign me up. Or how can I help? Right. Like yep. everybody just at the drop of the hat was willing to help this guy out. And it is. And make up the money to save the church that Ellis yeah. lost. And it's such a, it's such an emotional move moment in this. It's such an emotional movement moment in the movie like i just love the it's what makes it a christmas classic yeah is the heartwarmingness of all these people who are like don't have much coming together to help out a guy in need who has helped them mm-hmm. and it's i mean it's the reason you cry at this movie yep um it's yeah, the I reason cry. that like i teared up listening to this episode oh like i didn't Dylan. i didn't cry to the extent that i did watching it's a wonderful life but i was like <laughs> fighting it a little bit in this yeah. also because i was prepping for this episode on my lunch break sitting at my desk <laughs> just, just so dear like i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. it's just so touching it is it's it's great yeah. um, and so it's just people pouring in and they just keep coming in they're putting money on the table you know We've got a, a Steve Bridges character. We've got a Will Ryan character. We've got mm-hmm. an unknown character. And they're just walking in and throwing down the money. And um, we've got Alan Young's Mr. Welch. Welch? It's Welch in this. It's Welch in the movie. Well, Mr. Welch. Okay. <laughs> coming in. And he's got, he's like, I, you know, I've, I've got a whole bike here for you, George. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I felt bad about not fixing your bike and i was like you know what i can do better here's a new bike for stewart which is really sweet it is a little i struggle with it a little bit in just that like we saw george feel really remorseful for what he did Mm -hmm. in while during his dream sequence Mm -hmm. but he hasn't made any amends in this reality right and so it is it is a thing where it's like i i can i appreciate Like, I can read it as Mr. Welch just, like, understood George is going through a hard time Mm -hmm. and decided to be the bigger man. Yeah. Um, But it is kind of weird when you're like, you guys never really made amends. Yeah. George was the one in the wrong. Yeah. George George did just (laughs) verbally assault your wife. Yeah. Over the phone. Yeah. Completely out of context. And then. And and then you gave his son a bike. Yeah. And was like, my son will teach him how to ride a bike. And this is when George is like, nah, I'm going to take time to do that. Yeah. Which was kind of. I read that as a, what what do you got against your son? Right. It did. It did feel a little bit like, "Mm, like maybe not the right. Delivery there. Yeah. But also like, (laughs) I get it. And it's this idea of like, George wants to be more present in his son's life and i really appreciate that because yeah mary Mary points out at the beginning like oh like you know the welch kid was you know helping him to ride bike because he did because you haven't had the time to show him Mm -hmm. um and so it's nice for george to kind of be like all right like i'll i'll try um and then uh yeah we have um the officer shows up uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) officer ward Ward Bond. I'm sorry, yes. Bond Ward. is his last name. If you're going to say officer, you have to just say Officer Bond, Bond or Officer Ward Bond. Ward Bond. You can't just say Officer Ward because that's a first name, and that would be disrespectful. Andrew. I could call up. You're right. I can't be disrespectful to the police. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, they'll put me in jail, and I'll never get a job. 
Um, and Jeez. yeah, it's and then George apologizes for the phone book thing and has this funny line about like, ah, I'd never have, you know, I have immense respect for authority. I'd never disrespect authority unless I was in a dream sequence. Yeah. yeah. And the officer's like, wait, what? What? <laughs> and he's just on? like, ah, don't worry about it. And then the incredible moment of Jimmy being like, all right, everyone, sing along. <laughs> yeah. And just belts out like a Jimi Hendrix style Hark the Herald Angels sing. <laughs> it sounds great. I love it. I want to know who on the team played the guitar for that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's, it's special. It's really fun. And they have all, all, all singing to sing. off key and right. terribly, and, which right. is a fun contrast to the movie where right. they all miraculously sing right. on key to everyone the in the movie like beautifully sings to this kid like this tiny kid playing heart the Herald's angels sing on piano and it and right this this is just kind of like everyone going off key and then george just kind of being like all right jimmy yeah <laughs> well maybe another time and, and then donna the... raises a toast yeah to, to the, the best pastor in town the only pastor also in town. the only pastor yep and uh, this is when we get Wit giving... Is well, it Wit that gives him the book? It is Wit giving him the book. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That is next. Yep. Um, and uh, inside of the inscription says, uh, success and failure. Obviously, we talked about the title yep. earlier. The success um, of failure. Yeah. No man is a failure who loves God, which is uh, contrasted to the movie where it's like, no man is a failure who has friends. Right. Um, which is really cool. And also an interesting contrast that Odyssey chooses to make there. But right. I it, it fits more with the theme of the, the Barclays. Of, right. The the Barclays and it is like it's the community coming around him, mm-hmm. but it's God providing. Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't he is there it doesn't feel like they are Yeah, I don't know. It, it, yeah, I, I get it. But, like, because we don't... We also, like, the movie goes above and beyond to establish, like, these really rich relationships with all the people in mm-hmm. Bedford Falls. Yeah. And we don't really get that with Pokenberry. No. Like, there's some townies, but we don't get, like, him establishing, like, how the impact he has on everyone. Mm-hmm. That's why so much of his, like, spiraling is, like... Stuff went wrong with the church, and, like, his family no longer talks to him. Mm-hmm. It's not like the people around the town having a different relationship towards him. Mm-hmm. Um, because he doesn't have that same... Yeah. That much character. Right. It's it's not... Yeah. And it's just... Right. It's a product of how this episode is structured and differs. And, and so I think... Yeah. I I feel like... I feel like in the movie that inscription carries a lot more meaning and weight mm-hmm. than the inscription in this episode. Yeah. But I I understand why that's the inscription and I think it works. Oh no, yeah, I it totally It just doesn't agree. pack the punch that the movie does. That that is yeah, I 100% agree with that. And then <laughs> and then Eugene comes up. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for the wings, George. Huh? The buffalo, buffalo wings. wings. They're my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Just completely out of context. Presumably Will Ryan actually eating wings on Mike. <laughs> but just because we needed a, a wings joke. Yeah. Um, and then Stuart 
the, the clock goes off and Stuart says, my Sunday school teacher says that every time a clock sounds, a pastor comes around. Yay. <laughs> and then everyone just being like tears into that Wait, that, that doesn't make any sense i love it so much of oh just like so donna funny. and jimmy yeah. and mary's like i think it means wait now and then eugene's like how often does this clock ring a day it's 156 times a day does that mean pastors are only right 156 times a day and mary's like uh george is never right that much <laughs> it's really lovely it's i i like that they brought it back to like I like that both these episodes are kind of bookended with good Barkley family stuff because yeah. it does like it does get just by the nature of the story become very George centric mm-hmm. because it's it's about George. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like as like the final bit for the family. It's them like joking around and still jabbing at each other yeah, and feeling a good time authentic. Um, and then uh, Jimmy starts grinding out old lang syne <laughs> on the guitar fashion. and they do the same thing again mm-hmm. and then we hit and that fades into john campbell's best sound drop maybe ever yeah. of just like this incredible like christmas score yeah which then like goes into chris's in- outro which then fades into the odyssey christmas outro um which you'll get to hear at the end of this episode because we have that thank you um, <laughs> And yeah, it's just, oh, it's so good. It's so well done. It's, yeah, five stars for this episode, if we still do that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I have, like, minor critiques, but which you've heard, but mm-hmm. I love this. It is such a satisfying, I think it's such a satisfying epilogue to the yeah. Barclays. Like, Pokenberry Falls RFD is a perfect conclusion to the Barclays. Mm-hmm. And then this is like a nice little epilogue in the way that we get like Blackard's Revenge yeah. as like the epilogue The, the final send off there. Right. It just, it feels so nice to like, we gave them the perfect outro and now we're going to revisit them in this moving homage to, uh, you know. The movie that we base their characters on. Right. That we can like, finally do in all of its glory and we can like stay true to the characters we can have fun with the parody of it all Mm -hmm. um and we can like have an emotional impact with it and yeah yeah. and it even does like the little bit to set up like donna going off to college like it, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it ties a bow on all of their stories it feels like the Barclays continue to live on. Yeah. Which is a thing that we don't get with Odyssey characters. Their storylines just fade to nothing. Mm -hmm. And this is a nice, like, look, there's more out there for the Barclays. And we will later have George and Jimmy show up a couple times. Mm -hmm. But for Mary and Stuart and Donna, this is is it. Rest in peace. I will miss you, Azure Janowski. Fair. I don't know how to say your name. Did no, I, I think right? I think that's more or less what we go. Azure Janoski. I don't know. Azure Janoski. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you got any uh, any final thoughts here, Andrew? Uh, I mean, nothing that we haven't already said. I like I said, I really really enjoyed this episode. I thought that watching the movie really like provided a lot of powerful context, made mm-hmm. me enjoy it all the more. 
um, if I could recommend watching it, it's it is yeah. on Amazon Prime. So big, if you have big that, big plug for the movie. Freaking watch it if you haven't. Come yeah, on, people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a, it's well, a classic for a reason. I mean, I, I still this, haven't watched The Godfather. Right. Like, we, like Andrew and I say this as people who only watched it now. <laughs> like, don't don't be us. Be better. Well, and it's an objectively good movie that it like. I was afraid that watching it at not Christmas time would make me not like it. Yes, I had that feeling too. No, not at all. It's not barely a Christmas movie. Right. It is. It is only like. Sh- you know a bit christmasy yeah and it is so yeah oh it's so good yeah no i mean and honestly this kind of story is so good to tell uh i think right now when things don't seem super great um you know globally (laughs) i think that just the idea that we can look to find good in the goodness that we put into the world and uh the goodness that other people do as well yeah and we can rely on god and the community to come together um in times of need and you know make miracles happen Mm. uh it's really it's really cool and as yeah as somebody that doesn't always feel that level of optimism all the time Hmm. it was really nice to watch the watch the movie and listen to the episode and be like yeah this is something i can really get behind there is so much hope yeah in yeah in this story mm-hmm. um, did you see soul i have not seen soul okay i i'm plugging that's my plug for the episode watch soul it's on disney plus sorry um, no i i will fully accept a soul it's plug. super I, great i it, know i need to watch it it has an excellent soundtrack um if you like jazz especially jazz piano uh it tells a very interesting story with some specifically christian you know themes uh, or at least ideas of of redemption and purpose in life um you know it's disney so it's not gonna directly talk about god so if that upsets you then it's not gonna serve the purpose that you want but i it made it scratched the same niche as it's a wonderful life for me and so that's why i'm recommending it yeah i will i will be uh i will definitely be dipping my toes into that then because uh yeah I'm, i'm i'm down for more of this just a little um, bit more hope. Just sprinkle it on there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before before we wrap up, we've got an announcement. We are finishing an arc. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means we got to announce what's next. So uh, no no big announcement yet, uh, but we will be taking the next three weeks to do The Perfect Witness, all three parts. Another well, crime. Another mm-hmm. mystery. <laughs> a, a nice mystery three-parter. Um, so we'll be jumping into that. Uh, which should be really fun. And then after those three, um, we will have the uh, um, the next Rydell episode. Yeah, let's call the whole thing off. Let's call the whole thing off, uh, which will at that point have aired on the radio when that mm-hmm. comes out. So those of you who don't subscribe to the club will still get to be able to listen to that. Um, yeah, so that, that, that will be coming out after that point. We might have a special guest. Who knows? It might already have been recorded. Who, Who knows? knows? <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. Then for uh, the next three weeks, we will be talking about The Perfect Witness, uh, starting next week with episode 309, The Perfect Witness, part one. Bye, guys. Bye.
Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. It's a Pokenberry Christmas Part 2 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wadfam Chalkpod.